Welcome to SAS Talk with Kim, your sustainability action series podcast highlighting how local governments are leading the way toward a more sustainable future. I'm your host, Kim Lundgren. I've spent the last 16 years working for and with local governments to help them create resilient, inclusive, thriving communities. I started this podcast series to connect you with the key people on the ground putting sustainability into action in their communities. Good afternoon, everybody. This is SAS Talk with Kim. I'm your hostess, Kim Lundgren, and we have a great show for you today. This is part of our infrastructure series. We actually are live. This is my first live podcast, so that's a pretty awesome thing. And we are in lovely uh, Hermosa Beach and uh, just outside LA for our APWA Center for Sustainability winter meeting. Um, So it's actually a perfect place for me to be launching our infrastructure series with my public works colleagues. We are talking with Steph LaRock from Impact Infrastructure, and we're going to be focusing on triple bottom line. Steph, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Kim. Happy to be here. So, Steph, why don't you tell the audience just a bit about your background, who you are, who's Impact Infrastructure, and what's your role here with Triple Bottom Line? Sure. Um, So, we're a startup company uh, founded a few years ago to essentially create software that automates Triple Bottom Line cost-benefit analysis. So uh, our founder was the largest shareholder in uh, HDR, an Omaha-based architecture and engineering firm. And along with a few others at HDR, we decided to form Impact Infrastructure to automate something that we had created at that time, which we were promoting sustainable return on investment, which is a form of triple bottom line cost-benefit analysis. In fact, it's best practice in cost-benefit analysis, financial analysis, or life cycle analysis. And you'll find I say that word a lot because I am an economist. (laughs) Um, And uh, in SRI specifically, which we still do on a consulting basis, is cost-benefit complemented by stakeholder engagement? So you really involve the stakeholders as part of the analysis. For instance, reflecting their opinions within the analysis as well as state-of-the-art risk analysis. So that's adding uh, Monte Carlo simulation, looking at risk ranges around different inputs. Uh, So that was sustainable return on investment, or SROI. Uh, We had a lot of success at HDR with that uh, particular framework, selling it on a consulting basis. But we were constantly being asked, can't we get a tool or a software to allow us to do this? So. A few years back, uh, John Williams, our CEO, decided to sell his uh, shareholdings in, in uh, HDR and start Impact Infrastructure. And so our software right now automates that analysis of triple bottom line cost-benefit analysis. Do you want me to elaborate a little bit about triple bottom line? Because uh, that's something that people are very familiar with. It's, yeah, I think that would be okay. really helpful. I do think that people uh, hear it a lot, but I'm not sure everyone fully understands what it means or how to apply it. Exactly, exactly. So uh, everyone, or a lot of people know about triple bottom line, less than you'd think in our industry, it seems like everyone knows what it is. <laughs> but actually, often when you're talking with people, they're not really that familiar. Uh, so one way to look at it is people, planet, profit, or another way is financial, environmental, or social benefits. Um, and the strict definition of triple bottom line just means that you're considering those impacts, not just the real cost implications or real cash flow implications, which are financial or profit, which doesn't have to be a private organization. It could certainly be 
um, you know, a public entity, city, federal government, etc. But it means you are considering the environmental or social factors. It doesn't mean, however, that you're expressing everything in dollars. That's where triple bottom line cost-benefit analysis comes from, that we're taking cost-benefit analysis methodologies to monetize or express in dollar terms environmental and social factors, because cost-benefit analysis does that. Mm -hmm. And we are using those within a triple bottom line framework to identify the impacts to each of the triple bottom line part of the three-legged stool, if you will. So AutoCase, the software with, that we've created, in fact, there's different modules, I can tell you about that a bit later, but that software automates that process so that you don't need an expensive consultant. Of course, we still do consulting because the software <laughs> can't actually analyze any type of horizontal or vertical infrastructure yet, but we're well on our way, especially with our new buildings module, which is starting to cover the uh, at least the vertical infrastructure piece. Cool. So just so that we're clear, Triple bottom line does or doesn't cover the dollar part. It doesn't need to cover the dollar It doesn't part. need to. Yeah. SROI does. Yeah, SROI, which is what we developed at HDR, definitely converts everything into dollar terms. Uh, there's actually a fair number of confusing terms out there. And then social return on investment is similar to sustainable return on investment, Ooh. both of which are sort of flavors of cost-benefit analysis or similar to cost-benefit analysis, but triple bottom line cost-benefit analysis would include all of those types of analysis in terms of its uh, capturing all of those under its umbrella, if you will. Okay, but it doesn't necessarily refer to everything in dollars. Triple bottom line cost-benefit analysis does. That's am, where. That's why the combination. I'm completely it, confused. All right. <laughs> and therefore, the that's why I'm trying to explain this. But so, triple bottom line cost benefit analysis is a monetized version of the triple bottom line. That's why we've added in the cost benefit. Triple analysis. bottom line cost benefit analysis is a it does monetize all three. Of the triple bottom line. But are you saying elements. I have to say cost-benefit analysis with triple bottom line? That's what we're saying, yeah. Okay, so you're an economist and most of our listeners are not. And yeah. I am not. Yeah. So, now I need to break this down. So, it's just adding that cost-benefit analysis piece that adds the dollars. Mm -hmm. So, what that's doing in your triple bottom line. So, your sustainable return on investment is the triple bottom line, but with that additional stakeholder engagement in getting their input, is that That's right. accurate? Yeah. So what we're talking about here, everybody, is we've got the three-legged stool that we've always talked about with sustainability, right? We're trying to balance our, our social and environmental and economic resources and needs. You know, that's sustainability in a nutshell. What this is doing and what a lot of folks have been wanting to do is saying, how can I communicate, better communicate what the benefits are from our programs? Because let's say, a, how do I make decisions around choosing a, a program that's going to, say, reduce greenhouse gas emissions versus one that's going to... I don't know. Improve add, water quality. Improve water quality, exactly. How do we compare these things? It's not apples to apples. Um, we're not necessarily talking about just dollar savings. We're talking about health benefits. We're talking about water improvements, uh, ecosystem benefits. 
so that is what your tool and this process that you have helps decision makers understand. Absolutely, exactly. So it's precisely because when you're looking at environmental or social factors, it's not like they're always positives. Sometimes there's environmental negatives or social negatives, greater commute time, etc. Mm-hmm. Um, so we put dollar values on every one of those social and environmental factors and include them with the real financial impacts, things like cost savings on utility bills as an example, so that you have a triple bottom line result that considers all these things on a level playing field. So it's an apples to apples comparison when you're looking at something that maybe improves water quality but increases energy use and therefore maybe costs more or results in higher CO2 or other Mm -hmm. criteria air contaminants. How do you determine whether the improvement in water quality at a wastewater treatment plant, for instance, pays off. A lot of the stuff we look at does certainly pay off from a triple bottom line perspective, but we also don't greenwash anything. Our software doesn't greenwash anything near as does the analysis. And that at times, the what looks sustainable isn't always the most sustainable use of funds for that uh, organization, say a city as an example. I think that's a really good distinction because it is important to note that most of us in this field, many of us at least, are are realists. You know, we, we want to see sustainable communities, but not at the expense of a thriving economy. I mean, that to be sustainable, you have to have all of these pieces work together. And I think it's fantastic that your tool and your your team that can consult with with cities can and towns and villages and counties can help them understand all the factors that need to go into into decision making and you know you brought up a good example around wastewater treatment a lot of what we've done to date at the local level around sustainability is either we're just doing it voluntarily because we have leadership within the community uh, or there's regulation requiring us to do it we are now entering an era with our new administration here in the U.S. where regulations are probably going to start disappearing left and right. Um, you know, talk about the a way in which, and maybe it doesn't, but is there a role that the triple bottom line can play in justifying some of these programs beyond just the, well, we have to do this? Yeah, well, like you said, there's probably going to be less we have to do it. But luckily, at the local level, where a lot of the infrastructure is built, there's still a lot of interest in sustainability. And in fact, it seems to me that maybe there's even more interest as a sort of counterbalance to maybe federal government uh, moving a little bit in the other direction. Uh, And we do have to remember that uh, what we've been told is there's going to be a big increase in infrastructure spending, which is great. Now, the question is, how do you determine what the right infrastructure to build will be. And that's exactly where the triple bottom line cost benefit analysis or auto case fits in. It helps identify what the optimal investment is. And when you think about, <clears throat> sorry, a situa- uh, green rating systems like LEED for buildings or Envision for uh, vertical uh, horizontal infrastructure, you end up with a, a great tool to identify how sustainable a specific investment was So how sustainable is that building? But what about what you should have done uh, in terms of the uh, horizontal infrastructure? What should you have done? So for instance, 
it's not always about the sustainable wastewater treatment plant, as an example, or a sustainable uh, transit investment. Maybe a different transit investment would have made more sense. Mm-hmm. A different type of transit, as an example, different sizing, different alignments, these kind of things. Uh, or maybe green stormwater infrastructure instead of additional treatment could have been another alternative. So one of the advantages of doing these types of things is it helps you identify what you should do in the first place, not just how sustainable what you've chosen to do is, although it also addresses that. So maybe I can talk just quickly about our our, uh, auto case for buildings as an example. So with that tool, you can look at the lead credits that your building will earn and literally do a cost benefit analysis on those specific investments. So it, it tells you the triple bottom line result of specific investments into your uh, lead, silver lead, gold lead, platinum building. And it can help you identify, you know, what's the right thing to do in the first place. So this is looking at the building before or after it's been built? Uh, it can be for existing buildings or new construction. So and at any point throughout the process. So it's really it can be used anywhere. So it almost runs scenarios for you absolutely yeah you can do scenario analysis one thing that's really cool is that these green rating systems are jumping on board with this kind of analysis so right now announced at green build in uh that just occurred in los angeles last year in 2016 the uh usgbc has for the first time added an economic analysis credit it actually is a triple bottom line economic analysis credit and they are looking at adding more as well, up to six more. So you can get seven points towards your lead certification for doing economic analysis. And Envision, under ISI, Institute for uh, Sustainable Infrastructure, they are just about to announce uh, economic credits as well. So they recognize that they are, well, especially in the sense of USGBC, you know, leaders in green rating and sustainability, but they recognize that they haven't been strong enough on the economic side Mm -hmm. to go there and the other thing is now that we've automated the process this allows facilitates actually doing that economic analysis it was much more difficult before software existed to do it yeah (laughs) (laughs) i would definitely agree with that um you know i think you've mentioned a lot of interesting concepts and given good examples of what your tool can do if i'm a local government leader you know, public works director, planning director, what is the best way for me to get started even just thinking in the triple bottom line kind of mentality? So the I've mentioned auto case for buildings, so that obviously addresses buildings. If, if a lot of cities around North America, for instance, have a requirement for lead silver as an example, or some kind of certifiable standard. So uh, Boston is an example, They their code requires they build lead certifiable even though they don't actually certify um so there's in terms of buildings there's lots of that going on already so auto case for buildings is a perfect fit for that the other thing that we have right now is auto case for green infrastructure so when i say green infrastructure i'm literally talking about sort of green stormwater infrastructure things like green roofs things like parks bioretention permeable pavement instead of impervious pavement that kind of analysis and of course that fits right into a public works sort of environment um cities all across north america are starting to use auto case for green infrastructure we actually are part of the uh, rockefeller 100 resilient cities initiative uh and 
cities all over, including uh, where we are sitting right now in Los Angeles. I was just meeting with LA County uh, earlier today, and they're looking at bringing in this kind of economic analysis to prioritize stormwater investments. Mm. And of course, the, the old way of doing it is a lot of gray infrastructure, a lot of cement, a lot of pipes. Mm -hmm. And the new way, it's not always the best way, but it there's, you need additional justification to prove a new better way by doing it with green infrastructure. So it doesn't mean that green infrastructure is always the best way to do it, but if you add things like bioswales and detention ponds and more trees, more green space, you can absorb a lot of that green infrastructure and you, uh, a lot of that uh, stormwater runoff. And you get those other public benefits that you otherwise might not have had. Things like heat island reduction, sequestering mm -hmm. carbon, sequestering other types of air pollutants uh, that go along with things like flood risk reduction. The other thing is in places like, like LA where water is scarce, those green stormwater infrastructure investments actually... Uh, recharge groundwater which is a huge deal here in southern california oh absolutely that's really cool so if i if i'm a local government and i want to get started what do i need to know as far as the challenges of trying to integrate this uh tool or getting your team involved like what have you seen that some local governments really struggle with in trying to properly go through the process well, the tool. yeah, so um, that's part of the reason why we do have a consulting arm as well as the <laughs> software is because we're more than happy to work with uh, local governments and help them understand, apply, use the tools correctly. Uh, we're also doing that under the 100RC initiative. But right now there's free trials on both pieces of software. So local governments can try them out. In fact, we have uh, lots of free trial users from different cities. Um, and with the, the purchase of the software, you actually do get some consulting depending on the level of license you get. Uh, I, I call it consulting, but it's more like live support from an economist. Mm -hmm. So the standard version of our software comes with three hours of that support. It doesn't sound like a lot, but you can, you can move up the chain, of course. Um, and there's a quick start version that's even cheaper. But with three hours, that gives you an hour of training in terms of trying to understand all the concepts of the triple bottom line obviously how to use the software, what it means. And then you have two more hours of live support. And one of our masters in economics be happy to help out. And, uh, you know, we've been doing that with cities around the country, helping them understand, helping them explain it to their stakeholders, et cetera. And uh, it's something that's, that's it's really coming on. And we started developing SROI almost 10 years ago but once again that's a consulting engagement so you can't really scale it yeah whereas uh now with the software application we're really starting to see some scaling of this type of analysis across north america well that sounds awesome it sounds like you have a lot of good options for different size and resourced local governments um i can have full disclosure uh you know, I, I can tell you these economists can work with engineers and scientists and planners. <laughs> they, they don't speak like crazy lingo. We did work together on the San Antonio Sustainability Plan Project, and um, I thought you guys did an amazing job just helping the city understand where the opportunities were on their tree canopy project as well as that urban farm um, project. So those two kind of we actually got to test out both the tool and the process with that particular one. So I think the last thing I, I kind of want to end on, why don't you tell us like one or two things that you're like most excited about for 2017? 
Well, uh, I, I'll talk about it on a personal level, of course, is that uh, we actually commercially launched both versions of that software just this year. So when I've talked about examples of it being used last year, those were sort of beta versions of sure. the software. Mm -hmm. uh, so for us, it's really exciting that we've, we've sort of got to the point where they can be commercially released. Um, and in fact, the launch of AutoCase for Buildings was just this past Monday. So it's for us, it's really exciting times. I mentioned the participation of USGBC and the interest that they've expressed. They are actually almost unbelievably to, to us is they're actually promoting AutoCase for Buildings to their own membership. So they have a call campaign that started this week uh, on January 23rd where they're actually reaching out to their members and really trying to promote AutoCase for Buildings on our behalf with no fee, by the way. We're not giving them commissions or anything like that because they actually think that's how important economics is in terms of improving the system that LEED already has. And I mean, they are the big dog in building sustainability mm -hmm. in North America. There's a big international version as well that's out of the UK called Briam. But in, in North America, LEED is the big dog in sure. sustainable buildings. And, you know, those, you know, LEED comes under criticism occasionally. But the reality is those types of things are what gets greener buildings built. And, uh, mm -hmm. I mean, you were talking about big infrastructure spending that's hopefully coming up. Well, that would be great as well. So we are hoping for a combination of a lot more infrastructure spending with a lot more rigorous analysis justifying and helping decide what to build. Yeah, that sounds great. Uh, I think that's a perfect note to leave us on. And I want to thank you so much for your time, stuff. I think it's been really interesting. Uh, folks need to go out and check out Impact Infrastructure's tool and uh, see if it's something that makes sense for them. Yeah, I should probably mention that uh, you can go to autocase.com or impactinfrastructure.com to learn more. Awesome. And the tool, does it come with multiple modules or do you purchase green infrastructure and building? Separate separately? modules. Separate modules. Okay. Yeah. So separate modules now. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks again. And uh, that is it for this episode of SAS Talk. Thank you, Kim. Thank you. Thank you for joining this episode of SAS Talk with Kim. You can listen to other podcasts in our sustainability action series at sastalkwithkim.com. Remember that action is the key to your community's sustainable future. What will you act on today?